You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. What a difference a couple of weeks make. Not too long ago here on this Locked on Kings podcast, I was breaking down the Sacramento Kings' historically bad defense, and the team was close to bottom in the Western Conference, where we all expected them to be. Now, on February 8th, the Kings are tied for the 8th seed in the Western Conference. They're one game over 500 at 12 and 11 on the season, and they've won seven of their last eight games. What is going on? What has changed? Was it really that extra practice time that the Kings got because of the two games versus the Memphis Grizzlies being canceled, or is it something more? I'll tell you, the main thing the Kings are doing, which has eluded this team for well over a decade, they're playing consistent. But the question is, are the Sacramento Kings a good basketball team? We're going to get to that question by talking about De'Aaron Fox's Clear all-star status. It's not a debate anymore. Fox is a star. We're going to talk about why Tyrese Halliburton, to this point, is the rookie of the year. We're going to give credit where credit is due to Luke Walton and the Kings coaching staff for this turnaround and how it's eerily similar to the run the Kings went on last season before the COVID-19 stoppage. And remember all of that trade conversation that we've been having over the past couple of months, the idea of trading Harrison Barnes or Buddy Heald? As of right now, I don't want the Kings trading anyone. I'll tell you why on today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six years. This is season number seven for me, covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist. And today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off of your next order. I appreciate everybody's patience over the last four days with no Locked On Kings podcast, taking some time off due to personal reasons. I'll explain more on a future podcast. But everything is okay. I am back. And hey, maybe I should take more days off if it means the Sacramento Kings are going to keep winning basketball games, including winning a back-to-back two matinee games on a Saturday and Sunday against two Western Conference playoff teams within the span of 24 hours. If you think about it, the Kings played two basketball games, not completed, but they played in two basketball games in 24 hours, starting Saturday's game against the Nuggets in Sacramento at 2 and Sunday's game against the Clippers in L.A. at noon. That's pretty impressive. And the Kings won them both. It's been a while since they've been able to do that. They're 3-0 against the Nuggets this year, and the Clippers, we saw, beat the Kings pretty easily in their first two meetings. So it was nice to see Sacramento get one back. Granted, it was against a team that was missing one of their star players. The Clippers were without Paul George, and the night before, the Denver Nuggets were without Jamal Murray. But as I've said before on the Locked on Kings podcast, the Kings are in no position to say they should win any game. And I like the fact that the Kings didn't cut anybody any slack. They still had to work hard to beat the Clippers in that game. 
with or without Paul George and Patrick Beverly. And nobody feels bad for you in this league when you go through injury issues. Just look at last season for the Kings. Nobody felt bad when Bagley and Fox and Holmes and Bogdanovich were all dealing with injury issues. Welcome to the league. It's the way it is. So I don't put an asterisk next to this Kings streak that they're on because of injuries. I don't care. The Kings took advantage of a weakened roster and still fought hard to win the game. A win is a win in the NBA regardless of the circumstances. And the fact that the Kings were able to pull off back-to-back ones against two talented teams like the Nuggets and the Clippers. The Nuggets game, they win against Nikola Jokic, who scored 50 points and they still won. These last two weeks, the way the Kings have been playing, the consistency of which the Kings have been playing on both ends of the floor, the normalcy of scores at the end of quarters and at halftime, meaning games being 52-50 to or 56-51, to at halftime instead of 72 to 63, which we've seen way too much from the Sacramento Kings over the last couple of seasons. All of that, plus Fox's emergence as a star, the continued success of guys like Harrison Barnes and Tyrese Halliburton, and the fantastic play from Buddy Heald, especially in games where his shot isn't falling. All of that, has led to this great run that the Kings have been on. And dare I say, this is the most fun that I have had as a Sacramento Kings supporter since 2006, the last time the Kings have made the playoffs. I mean, look at this stretch of the last eight games the Kings have played. And I don't care if it began with wins over the Knicks and the Magic. Look, the Knicks at that time were the best defensive team in the NBA. They might still be, I don't know. But they were playing well. They were coming off of a win the night before against the Golden State Warriors. The same Warriors team who the Kings are tied with for the 8th seed at this point in time. So the Knicks weren't a pushover team. The Kings got them on a second night of a back-to-back. They handled their business. They won that game. Then they had the multiple days off uh, because of the cancellation of the two Grizzlies games. They go to Orlando. They take on a weekend Magic team. They handle their business there. Follow that up with a win over the same Raptors that beat them by 21 points, 126 to 124. Their only loss during this stretch came at the hands of the Miami Heat with Jimmy Butler returning and the Kings lost by one point. Two more points, the Kings are 8-0 during this stretch. Then, they beat the Pelicans in New Orleans after losing to the Pelicans earlier this season. They beat the Boston Celtics by 5 in Sacramento. And then, like I said, they beat the Nuggets and the Clippers this weekend. How are you not impressed by that? Is anybody possibly not impressed by that? Even if it was one of the better teams in the league, even if it was the Lakers, I might expect that, but I'd still be impressed by it. You cannot ignore the success of the Kings over the last eight games. And I'm not just speaking to Kings fans, because of course you're not ignoring it. Everybody, league-wide, you can't just brush this off as, oh, the Kings are just hot right now, but they'll come crashing down to earth. Look, maybe this isn't sustainable. In fact, I know this isn't sustainable. The Kings aren't going to win, what is it, 87% of their remaining games this season. But considering where this team was at, especially defensively, for them to turn it around this quickly, For them to show consistency with such a young core. For Fox to play the way he has. Halliburton to fit in the way he has. Everybody to step up and to really buy in. This team has never quit, but now they're buying in. They're playing consistent. The effort is paying off. You can't ignore that. You also flat out cannot ignore. In fact, it is impossible to ignore what De'Aaron Fox is doing. This is just the last week, the last seven days for De'Aaron Fox. 4-0 record. 
31 points per game on average. 54.7% shooting from the field, 37.9% shooting from three-point range, 8.8 assists per game. All-star numbers. And the way he's been playing, if you actually have been watching De'Aaron Fox play, he passes every superstar eye test you can possibly have. He's taken over multiple times in the fourth quarter, put the team on his back. He's the reason why, the sole reason why, the Kings have won at least three of these last seven games. At least three. And what I love to see out of De'Aaron Fox is, while he's being aggressive, attacking the basket and getting his, he's still setting up his teammates. There was a play at the end of the Clipper game where Fox blew by Kawhi Leonard. Fox was getting the full star treatment on defense from Kawhi Leonard, and Kawhi couldn't stop him. Kawhi couldn't stay in front of him. Kawhi could do nothing. And towards the end of the game, Fox blew by Kawhi, drew two defenders, drop-off pass, easy dunk for Rashawn Holmes. That was the ball game. He's getting his... And he's continuing to set up his teammates. On top of that, De'Aaron Fox's confidence as a three-point shooter has me so freaking fired up right now. Remember back in preseason when Fox was putting up a lot of three-point shots and he was missing a majority of them? And a lot of people were worried. And I was saying, no, wait, wait, wait. You want him to take these shots right now. You want him to go through this. I liked the fact that Fox was taking a lot of these shots in rhythm even when they weren't falling because we know he's working on it. And part of being a good and consistent shooter in the NBA is having confidence in taking that shot. There was a moment in this Clippers game where Fox was on the perimeter, is getting late in the shot clock. Holmes set a screen for Fox, and instead of De'Aaron going around the screen and then trying to attack the basket, he got enough separation from the home screen, stepped back, and took a three. And he nailed it. De'Aaron Fox is a three-point shooter now. Now the percentage could still go up, but you have to respect it. And when you have to respect De'Aaron Fox's three-point shot, he's unguardable. There's nothing you can do about it. That's what we saw from Kawhi Leonard on Sunday afternoon. You can't stop him if he's hitting outside shots. And that shot is starting to fall. More importantly, he's shooting that shot with confidence so that you have to respect it. What do you do against the man? If you sag off of him, now he's hitting threes. That's still probably your best overall option, but you got to respect it now. If you play him tight, he's going to blow by you because nobody can stay in front of him. If he gets into the paint, he can either score with either hand, get to the foul line, which he's been better from the free throw line, much better over this stretch, or he can show off his playmaking and passing abilities, find his open teammate, and they'll cash in for an easy two or three. Fox is a superstar. And look, according to him, he thinks this all-star game being held in Atlanta is stupid, and I kind of understand his argument with everything that's happening because of COVID-19 and all the rules and regulations put in place for players to protect themselves and protect the league, which by the way, congratulations to the NBA and their most recent COVID-19 tests league-wide. Not a single player tested positive, which is awesome. Love to see that. But regardless if Fox thinks the All-Star game is dumb or not, and regardless of if he wants to play in the game or not, I'm sure he wants the recognition. And look, I think the fan vote is stupid. I understand it's just a popularity contest. I mean, look, Clay Thompson hasn't played a single second for two seasons, and he's in the top 10 in the Western Conference. Fan voting is fan voting, but people better start recognizing how damn good De'Aaron Fox is. And you can't just brush it under the rug saying he's playing on a bad team anymore because the Kings have won seven out of eight. There's not a better team in basketball right now. Maybe the Utah Jazz right now. I'm not saying overall. And Fox is taking it to the best defenders in the NBA on a nightly basis. Respect the man. That's all I'm saying. 
I still got to talk about Tyrese Halliburton, still got to talk about Luke Walton, the Kings coaching staff, still got to talk about the Kings potentially trading players and why they shouldn't. But right now, I want to tell you that this episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times, Style Magazine, or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you more about it here on Locked on Kings. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring, and they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com, and when they're gone, they're gone. That's it. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers, working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're ready to mark a special commitment or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting, limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings is now available exclusively at BlueNile.com. Oftentimes, the rookie of the year race comes down to statistics and numbers. Look when Tyreek Evans won it. Now, I think Tyreek Evans at that time was the best rookie in that class. Now, Steph Curry ended up being the absolute best. And, of course, Blake Griffin, who was the number one overall pick in that draft, was hurt that entire season. So who knows under other circumstances if Tyreek would have won. But statistically, he also had that 25-5 and season, which we made a lot more significant in Sacramento than what it actually was. And those stats are really what fueled his Rookie of the Year campaign, which, of course, he would eventually go on to win it. So stats are extremely important when looking at the Rookie of the Year race, which is why it doesn't surprise me that people have just been looking at stats and putting both LaMelo Ball and even James Wiseman ahead of... Tyrese Halliburton in the Rookie of the Year race. And yes, of course, I am biased. But putting bias aside, you cannot ignore the immediate impact that Tyrese Halliburton has made for this Kings team. From Game 1 being on the floor in the overtime win over the Denver Nuggets to being a part of the Kings closing lineup, which, by the way, is top 5 in the NBA statistically right now. The closing lineup of Fox, Heald, Halliburton, Barnes, and Rashawn Holmes. One of the best lineups in the NBA statistically. Tyrese is a part of that as a rookie. Not only is he a part of it, he's a main cog of it. And part of what makes that lineup so damn impressive is the fact that Tyrese and Fox complement each other so well that either can play off the ball. How many times have we seen De'Aaron Fox playing off the ball during these successful fourth quarter stretches for the Kings? How many times have we seen the Kings trust Tyrese Halliburton to lead the bench through the first five or six minutes of the fourth quarter to give De'Aaron Fox enough time to rest so that he can come in, hit that turbo button, and lead the Kings to the win? Tyrese Halliburton, everything about his game says he's not a rookie. That, to me, makes him more deserving of Rookie of the Year than anything else. But if you want to make it a numbers thing, fine. We can make it a numbers thing. How about the number that Tyrese Halliburton is one of the best clutch players in the NBA right now? How about the number that only Joe Harris of the Brooklyn Nets is shooting a higher three-point percentage in the fourth quarter than Tyrese Halliburton? Tyrese is shooting over 60% from three-point range in the fourth quarter. He's got ice in his veins. He's part of one of the best statistical lineups in the NBA to this point. And I've been watching LaMelo Ball. 
I think LaMelo Ball is Tyrese's only competition at this point. No disrespect to Wiseman or any of the other rookies. But it's Halliburton versus Ball. And I've been watching both play. Now, of course, I've watched Tyrese more than I've watched LaMelo. And LaMelo's been impressive. I love what he does. He's flashy. He's fun. And to his credit, the Charlotte Hornets are in the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. Now, they have a worse record than the Sacramento Kings, which turns into an East versus West argument. We all know the West is better than the East. That's just non-negotiable. That's not debatable. But LaMelo's been impressive. He's not been as impactful as Tyrese Halliburton from the jump, though. LaMelo puts up great numbers. So does Tyrese. But Tyrese directly impacts winning more than LaMelo does. I'm not going to say it's no contest, even though part of me feels that way, and that's really the bias. But I will say that Tyrese is ahead of ball. And I don't think that's that outlandish to say. Things can change. There's still plenty of season But the amount of people that are paying attention to LaMelo because of the highlight reel that he is, and I recognize that, I hope they are also paying equal amounts of attention to Tyrese Halliburton. Because if they were, I personally feel that this debate would not be as close as people perceive it to be. And those who are submitting these rookie ladders that have LaMelo above Tyrese Halliburton, I encourage them to go back and not only watch these weeks of King's success that we've been enjoying, but also continue to watch when the success slows down and recognize that Tyrese Halliburton is still playing at a tremendous level. In one game, he has 11 assists. The next game, he has 11 rebounds, all while consistently scoring, running the offense, playing off the ball, and fitting what the Kings are trying to do. I tweeted this out on Saturday, and I mean it. We are going to be talking about the De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton backcourt in Sacramento in a few years, maybe even next year, the same way we've talked about the curry Clay Thompson backcourt in Golden State and the Dame-CJ McCollum backcourt in Portland. I believe that 100%. The future is so damn bright in Sacramento because of those two players. And while the Rookie of the Year award, for the most part, is meaningless, if it's the only trophy that the Kings are likely to get this year, then damn it, We're going to fight for it, and Tyrese deserves it. Now, Luke Walton and the Kings coaching staff probably won't be taking home coach of the year unless they continue to win 80-plus percent of their games throughout the remainder of the season, make the playoffs, and make some kind of crazy run. But I don't need a coach of the year trophy to give Luke Walton and the Kings coaching staff, but especially Luke Walton, the praise that he deserves. Walton has faced a ton of criticism. Not so much from me, but a lot from Kings fans, especially on social media, from the media, from his time in L.A., all the way through the struggles that he's had in Sacramento. But did you know, statistically, Luke Walton has the highest winning percentage since Rick Adelman? Now, I think that speaks more to the struggles that the Kings have had over the last decade plus and the amount of coaches that have come through Sacramento. But still, you got to pay attention to that. And while Walton does have his pitfalls and at times does things that confuse me, I've been critical of him leaving Marvin Bagley out of games in the fourth quarter. But hey, it's working. Luke Walton has made the tough decision to kind of hold Bagley back a little bit, diminish his role significantly even though he's still a starter, but it's leading to wins. And look, the streak that the Kings are on right now is great. We don't know how sustainable it is, but it's awesome. But I put more weight in the fact that this is the second time with Luke Walton here in Sacramento that the Kings have gone on a streak like this. Remember, before the season had stopped, 
last March, almost a year ago. Can you believe it? Kings were heading into a game against the Pelicans that had massive playoff implications, and the Kings were the hottest team in basketball. Suddenly, everybody was talking about, is this going to be the year that the Kings are going to make the playoffs, despite the fact that they've dealt with so many injuries? Luke Walton coached the team to that streak. And what was he saying at the time? We still have plenty to work on, but we've been working hard and things are finally starting to pay off. Fast forward, like I said, nearly a year later to where we are right now. The Kings go through some serious growing pains. We sat through some nightmarish defensive performances. But Luke Walton is saying now, we still have a ways to go, but our work is starting to pay off. We're starting to see the fruits of our labor. And look at the streak the Kings have put together. Do I think Luke Walton is the greatest coach? Absolutely not. But I do believe he deserves to be the head coach of the Sacramento Kings. And he deserves just as much credit for this streak that the Kings have gone on as the players do. Now, Luke himself has said in his post-game press conferences, look, give the players all the credit for how they're performing, but if he wants to be humble, I'll brag for him. He, Gentry, Kalamian, and the rest of that coaching staff deserve a ton of credit for where this team is right now, for how quickly they were able to turn it around. And you even have Buddy Heald, who was not too long ago not speaking with Luke Walton, was not on talking terms with Walton, publicly defending him to Sacramento media. This is word for word what Buddy Heald said about Luke Walton after the Kings win against the Clippers. Him taking the next step and leading us in the right direction, even in timeouts, and how he's managing the game, he's letting us play and letting us be ourselves, just being fun out there. I think everybody loves the way he's handled us rightly. That's Buddy Heald praising head coach Luke Walton. If you're one of those people that don't like Coach Walton, that are critical of him for his mistakes, I get it. I understand you. That's fine. I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. All I'm asking is that you keep the same energy throughout and you be consistent. When things are bad, if you're going to insult Walton or suggest that he's the problem then you can't just ignore, stay quiet, or give the credit to everybody else except for him when the Kings are doing well. You can still believe that he's not the right coach for the Kings. You can still believe that the Kings could have a better coach, but give him credit for how the Kings have played this year and the small spurt of successes that they've had over the two years, almost two years, that he's been with this team. It's okay to do that. Trust me. I've been wrong plenty of times, and I've looked foolish plenty of times. You'll survive it. And in reality, you should want Luke Walton to be successful. You should be happy to be wrong about Walton at this point in time. Because if Walton is successful, that means the Kings are successful. And if the Kings are successful, that means your team is good. And after 15 years of this crap, I can tell you, it would be much better for the Kings to be good than for any of us to be proven right 100% of the time. Tell me, did you win any money this weekend on Super Bowl Sunday or maybe the two Kings wins over the weekend? If you did on betonline.ag, let me know. BetOnline is the official sports gambling partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. They're the one place that has you covered and one place we trust. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. You don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore. Regardless of the sporting event, basketball, football, soccer, baseball that's upcoming, 
you can get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's Locked On Kings podcast is also brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. You've heard me call it the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They have 18 amazing flavors like lemon almond cheesecake, coconut almond, salted caramel, orange, toffee almond, just to name a few. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and they're easy to chew. And on top of being delicious, Built Bars are healthy. They're great for the health conscious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie and low sugar but high protein and high fiber they're also great for the keto diet let me give you an example here how about the cookies and cream bar 17 grams of protein 130 calories 4 grams of sugar 4 grams of net carbs there's also the coconut almond bar 18 grams of protein 180 calories 5 grams of sugar 5 grams of net carbs Right now, go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word, you'll get 20% off of your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. I spent so much time talking about De'Aaron Fox, Luke Walton, and Tyrese Halliburton, I didn't leave myself much time to talk about this trade conversation that we've been having here on Locked on Kings, and a lot of Kings fans around social media, regardless of what podcast you listen to, heading into this season, we were talking a lot about the trade market, and what was new GM Monty McNair going to do in Sacramento with some of the bigger contracts that he has on his roster? Was he going to be able to turn those contracts, maximize their value, and maybe turn them into younger players or draft picks for this very strong upcoming draft. Now, that was with the mindset that the Kings were going to be a soft rebuilding team, which they still are, but a team that was towards the bottom of the Western Conference with really little to no shot at a playoff spot. Now, here the Kings are, still early in the season, but in the playoff hunt, playing very, very well. Harrison Barnes out of his mind right now. Buddy Heald coming off of two phenomenal games. And I want to talk more about Buddy Heald on tomorrow's Locked On Kings podcast because he had one of his worst offensive games shooting the basketball of his career, really, on Saturday night where his streak of 87, I believe it was, consecutive games with a three-pointer came to an end. But he still was tremendously impactful. He was moving the ball, setting up his teammates. He wasn't playing selfishly. I have so much praise that I want to throw Buddy Heald's way. I'm going to do that on tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast. But Buddy Heald and Harrison Barnes have been the two major pieces where we've been talking about should the Kings consider trying to move on from one of them or both of them. In fact, I said at the start of the season, I would be shocked if both of them were on the Kings roster after the deadline. Well, hey, man, now I'm at the point where I don't want the two going anywhere. I don't want McNair changing anything up because... Not only are we seeing this Kings team play consistent, we're seeing them understand how to play together. It's been a long time since we've seen this kind of chemistry from the Sacramento Kings. To where Fox and Buddy, they know how to play together. They've done so for years. Even Buddy and Tyrese Halliburton, they've only played together for 20 or so games, but they understand how to play together. Rashawn Holmes, Harrison Barnes. These guys all know how to complement each other, and it's continuing to get better night in and night out. To me, the biggest difference with Harrison Barnes this year is not the fact that he's fitting in better. HB has always known how to fit in here in Sacramento. It's the fact that he's looking for his spots, and the Kings are looking to get him the ball in his spots. That's why we're seeing so many post-up opportunities for HB. That's why we're seeing the Kings move the ball around, get the ball to HB during a mismatch, and he'll use his strength and his composure to fight through contact, get to the rim, and score. 
We've also seen HB space the floor and get a lot of open three-point opportunities. This Kings team right now, they're firing on all cylinders. They're complementing each other. They're playing with a similar chemistry to what the Glory Day Kings in the early 2000s played with. They look like one consecutive mind. And you've heard Doug Christie on this podcast, on television broadcasts, on his radio show, talk about how he knew what Bobby Jackson, what Mike Bibby, what Chris Webber, what Peja, what Vlade, he knew what Hito was going to do before they did it because he got that comfortable and that used to playing with them. Now, are the Kings at that point? Absolutely not. But they're as close to it as we've seen in a long time, a very long time. Why would you want to mess that up potentially by trading someone away? Remember when the Kings traded for Harrison Barnes? During that trade deadline, they moved on from Iman Shumpert. And the flow of the team kind of changed. The presence of the Kings, the Sacramento scores went away during that 2018-2019 season. Now, I wasn't fully behind the idea that trading away Iman Shumpert was the beginning of that collapse for Sacramento that year. I don't think Iman was that important, but what we saw was it disrupted the Kings' flow in some way. You got to be cautious of that if you're Monty McNair. The Kings are flowing right now, and this flow may continue up until the trade deadline. Do you want to risk disrupting that? My opinion is you do not. Now again, we'll find out how sustainable this Sacramento Kings' success is. Maybe this is just a hot streak, and they do come crashing back down to earth. I doubt it because I put more stock in the 12 wins that the Kings have had this season over the 11 losses. I think the 3-1 and one start and the 7 wins in the last 8 games, that version of the Sacramento Kings is more true to form than the woefully bad defense that we saw just a few weeks ago. But overall, I think it's in the Kings' best interest to find a way to keep this group together and see how far they can go as of right now. And that includes this summer finding a way to pay and keep Rashawn Holmes. To me, that's top priority. Top priority. I know the Kings have gotten themselves in trouble in the past, committing too much money to a roster that at best was an 8th or 7th seed. And maybe I'm getting dangerously close to falling into that trap again. And look, I admit that. But the success, the flow that the Kings are playing with right now, the chemistry that we're seeing on the floor... I would be terrified of disrupting that if I were Monty McNair. So to me, right now, McNair's job is easy. It's sit back, relax, enjoy the run that the Kings are on, keep answering phone calls, keep a tab on the market, see what the interest is for HB or for Buddy Heald, but sit back, be thrilled that your backcourt of De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton looks as good as it is, be thrilled that your core is already established, and right now, let things run their course. That's what I would do. I have two questions for you as we wrap up this Locked on Kings podcast. Number one, are you on the same page as I am with the Kings' approach to the trade deadline? Do you want to see them keep this core together? Or would you like to see the Kings try and maximize Harrison Barnes or even Buddy Heald playing as well as they are right now, try and move on from those contracts and stick with the short-term rebuild plan that we pieced together at the start of the season? That's question one. Question two. Are the Sacramento Kings a good basketball team? This is especially for those seasoned Kings fans who have sat through a lot of crap basketball for the past 14, 15 years. Are the Sacramento Kings a good basketball team to you? And if not, what do you need to see for them to get to that point for you? Is it make the playoffs? Is it continue this streak for another couple of weeks? Is it 
five, ten games over 500 by the All-Star game. What needs to happen for you to say, yes, I believe the Sacramento Kings are a good basketball team? I want to read a lot of those answers and talk a lot about that on tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast. Because I feel that this Sacramento Kings team has a lot of good. A lot of good. But I have that natural Sacramento Kings fan skepticism, maybe even cautious optimism. It's more of a learned behavior to expect this success not to last. Answer those two questions on Twitter, at MattGeorgeRadio is where you can find me on Twitter. Feel free to tweet me publicly or DM me privately there. Or you can email me your answers to those questions, mgeorge at saclocalmedia, S-A-C, localmedia.com. That will do it for today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. Again, I appreciate your patience with no podcast on Thursday and Friday last week. We are back to a normal podcast schedule this week. I hope you enjoyed my conversation last Wednesday with Steve Prohm, Iowa State head coach, former head coach of Tyrese Halliburton during his two years in the NCAA. Awesome interview. If you haven't checked that out, you need to. Great context on Tyrese Halliburton and his journey to the NBA. And if you could leave a review of this podcast, that would be awesome. Apple Podcasts or iTunes, the best place to do that. Hit five stars. Leave a little blurb about what you like, don't like, any constructive criticism that you have for the podcast, encouraging people to come and listen to Locked on Kings. If you do that for me, I would really appreciate that. I would also appreciate you, of course, sticking around and continuing to listen to Locked on Kings. So please join me for tomorrow's podcast. And until then, please stay safe, stay healthy. And I'll talk to you soon. My name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.